Why, Chili, have you ever drank any hoist? I did. I was hiking up a mountain 13 times. How many bottles of hoist do you think you drank that day? No, no exaggeration. 30. Yeah. And it's, we went back the next week and I drank 30 more. Yeah. It's an awesome product, man. Um, we have uh, we have partnered with Hoist for our hydration supplement here at 3F7 Project. We're absolutely loving it. It is a, a, a very uh, healthy and effective way to supplement your hydration, and it works great for me. Let me tell you a little bit. Let me give you a little bit of the specs on Hoist. It's unlike any other hydration drink because of the way it works with your body. It's specially formulated to blend carbohydrates, electrolytes, and fluids uh, that closely match your body's natural osmotality osmosis which means which means hoist can absorb rapidly and there's no need for digestion yep all right so they've nailed it man they've nailed it another thing that's so cool about hoist is the partnership that they have with the u.s military they supply a lot of product on military bases uh, I I see it in um, I see it on social media all the time. People that are active duty that are using this product. Uh, it's made in the USA, BPA free, no high fructose corn syrup, half the sugar of traditional sports drinks. There's a lot of science behind this stuff, guys, and it works. So it actually tastes really good too. I used the powders out on the basic course this past weekend, mm. and it was really good. I did two of the powders in a uh, one-and-a-half-liter Nalgene bottle, and, man, it was on point. Kept me going all day. So if you guys uh, are looking for something to supplement your hydration, whether you backpack, whether you're an ultra runner, um, whether you're a CrossFitter, I hope you're not a cross just a CrossFitter. That, you may not need hydration supplement if all you do is CrossFit. <laughs> but if you're into serious you know, type of exercise, you may need something. And Hoist is where you need to go. Support the products and the companies that support this podcast because we have vetted them on our end ahead of time, and we get to talk to the people that are at the top that are behind the mission of these products, which is why we are so selective about who we support on the 307 podcast. Uh, check them out, guys. It is uh, their website is drinkhoist.com. I'll attach a uh, pro code in the show notes of this episode that's going to give you how much, Blake? I think it's 10%. 10% off your order from Hoist. And if you see them out in it, they're in a lot of gas stations. They're in a lot of um, stores now. Kroger. Kroger. Yeah. I was in Food them, City. Saw, saw some. Yeah. If you see them, pick up a couple bottles, man. Give it a try. I guarantee you'll like it. Enough said. Hey, Chili. I always do. <laughs> Well, we don't have to wait on Blake to get going. Lord knows he never says anything on worth listening to on the podcast anyways. That's not what that's not what our fans think. Our Krista, listeners. are you gonna put on your headphones, oh, Krista? I totally <coughs> forgot. Our listeners love him. Do they really? Yeah. Wait. Listeners, do y'all love is. Blake? Oh yeah. He's number one on Just the- shake your head yes or no right now. Do y'all love Blake or not? Yeah, he's number one on the podcast. Well, I we, can see why, but we've had quite a morning. Chili said we've got all we've got too much stuff to cover on the podcast in one episode. I'm I'm wondering what he's talking about though, because I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't I don't have a specific topic today. I do want to hear. I, I do want to get a race report though, Chili. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear this story of the Mount Cheha 50k. Uh, so hey. I, want, I want to get a race report. Don't don't hold back, man. Well, I've got a lot of stories. It'll take some time to get them all in. Why did you decide to go run? Well, I've been trying to get back to fitness okay. and uh, kind of just see where I'm at. And I've wanted to do that race for a long time. And that's actually a lie. I haven't just wanted to do it. I've wanted to win it. I don't much care about doing any race. I wanted to win it. And uh, it's got good race directors and I, I'm getting back a little bit. And I thought, well, I'll just go do it. And that's in Alabama, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Delta, Alabama. Okay. Or like, it's close to 
it's in the Talladega National Forest. It's all on the Penhody. So it's great. Do you like 50Ks? Do you like the 50K distance? Well, I like it all, but not particularly. What's your favorite distance? 100 miles. 100 miles, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably so far. I don't think it'll always be, but mainly just because I think I, I can be good at that. 50K is too short. Yeah. But, um, no, it was good. I mean, the night before, me and my dad just had some Mexican and uh what was it i need i wish he was here so i could ask him i think it was called pop the top soda shop i made some freaking ice cream son <laughs> it's good shout out to y'all if you're listening and uh yeah man race morning i get out there as soon as i close the car door there's uh this this podcast listener comes up and takes a picture with me i didn't he never i don't well, he may have told me his name. I don't remember. It has begun. <laughs> you was in race mode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of names on race day. But, yeah, he was... What's begun? Your journey into mega stardom. No, I said this the other day. When people start wanting to take pictures with you, you cannot deny that you're a megastar. You, you can't deny it anymore. No. They only wanted to do it because... They're fans of you, and they said, "Oh, he knows that guy that I like, so let me take a picture with him." No, they thought you was the, me. the closest that they could get <laughs> yep, to him. Yep, I'll tell you a story about that later. Well, I'll tell it now. Halfway through the race, I come up to an aid station and switch bottles with my dad, and I leave out. And he said, as soon as I left out, this girl um, came over to him and was like, "Was that chilly?" And he said, "Yeah." She was like, "Well, who are you?" And he was like, "I'm his dad." And she goes, oh, can I have a picture with you? So there you go. That, how, that, yeah, Jeff's getting roped into this. That is it. how big Chad is, is someone wants a picture with his friend's dad. I mean, That's tertiary. He's, yeah, he's that, yeah. down to the tertiary yeah. contact. Freaking megastar right there. I thought you was going to say she wanted your water bottle. You'd been putting <laughs> your lips on or something. <laughs> no, he would have charged her for that. No, that's, that's how big Chad is. Yeah. So what happened? Well, sorry, I'm dragging it out. <laughs> but I met I met like 10 more listeners before the start. Uh, Carmel was there. Carmel Weed. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just, weed stuff. Justin Sheely was there. Several other people. And so I get out on this, ra- on this race to start. And do I have to tell how it went? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's well, what well, I want to hear. Well, I don't, I don't want to hear about all the fans. I mean... Well, <laughs> I, I well, appreciate the fact that there were fans out there, but <laughs> well, uh, they, well, I will tell how it went. Cause it went bad. If it went good, I wouldn't want to talk about it, but it went bad. So I'm, I'm up in the front halfway through and then, uh, just started fading from there pretty much and didn't have a good day. Pretty much walked the last half. It's pretty much a disaster, but Hey, I was glad to get out there and, uh, as I was walking, a lot of people passed me, you know, and uh, I'm about to tick Chad off again. Another guy came up that I hadn't met before and was like, hey, man, are you chilly? And I said, yeah. And he was like, I-, I could tell he was excited that he was passing me. And then later, right at the end of the last climb, this dude comes up and he, he gets on his phone. And I go, what is this dude doing on his phone? And he goes, hey, uh, he said his son's name and he goes, Dude, I'm about to pass Chili at this race. And he's, I talked to him after, and he said his son was in Montana, and they both listened. This was Jeff. And, uh, and he, was, he had to call him to let him know he's about to beat me at a 50K. So, <laughs> so I was glad I gave him that moment. And, uh, well, let me ask you this. You, you went out there to win, and you were running in front for how many miles? Uh, 15. Were you feeling good? Oh, I felt great. Okay. What, I, I mean, what? What exactly? What exactly stopped you? I mean, was it was it nutrition? Was it the the heart thing? I mean, no, I I, I don't know. I mean, I just did you bonk? No, I mean, there's no excuses, man. I don't have an excuse for okay. why I didn't do good. Well, listen, it didn't go well. I mean, I wanted to win. I thought I was back in shape, and that was a big. I was really happy with that. Not to drag this out, but I was. I was really happy with my fitness. I'm not as fit as I've been before, but I've got it back a lot. I was, it wasn't a fitness problem. So I was thrilled with that because 
Okay. I would have been, been pretty ticked off if I was just. Well, well, let me ask you this. When, when it started not going well and mm-hmm. people started passing you, how did you deal with that? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because it's, it's kind of just the, it, when people pass you, it's the same question. It, it's just like when they ask you the question of, well, what happened, man, after it's over? It's the same feeling. It's just like these people are expecting me to be ahead of them, and then all of a sudden they're not. Yeah, your goal just went out the window. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, I just, I mean, it, nothing, nothing really changed other than how fast I was moving. Were uh, you? Were you mad? Oh yeah. I mean, like internally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I was mad, but just frustrated. I mean, I think that's natural emotion to feel. I mean, I just, but I just tried to, nothing changed though. You know, the intensity with which I was moving forward, like trying to, to cover distance didn't change. Just the speed that I was going did. The difficulty you were feeling never changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you So know. you still had another 15 miles to, to go and you knew you couldn't win and people are passing you and you're pissed off and mad. Why did you keep running another 15 miles? Well, I, I mean, I, I started the race is, is my best answer for that. I mean, I try to finish what I start every time I do it. And also I just didn't, I don't know. It's hard for me to articulate. I did. I wanted to win so bad, but I would, I want what, one thing that I do want to do more than win is to just always do as well as I can. Always go as hard as I can. I mean, that's more important than winning. Because, like, I was telling my dad, too, even if I had won this, I wouldn't have cared. I mean, winning every time I've won a race, I, you feel empty about five seconds after or or immediately. Like, yeah. you just go, oh, well. And, and he's even asked me before, well, what's the point? And I don't know. I'm just chasing something. You know, I like to win, but it, it's better than not winning. Yeah. That's my answer is – why do I like to win? Because it's better than losing, but winning don't make you happy. But I still enjoy doing it. I still enjoy the race. Um, you know, and, and if I if I didn't continue to go as hard as I could, even though I knew I couldn't win, then I would be I would be wasting the gift that I had to even be out there at all. Yeah. I mean yeah, that would be a failure. Yeah. That would be a failure. Well, I still failed. So I, I understand but. why you kept running. Like, I understand that. I'm asking you this question for the listeners because yeah. it may sound stupid. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may be at some point in your life on some race or some mission or some journey, and you realize you're not going to be able to hit the objective or the goal that you had set for yourself so guess what most people do? They just say, oh, man, I can't hit that goal anymore. What's the point? Right? And, and there are some time, there are some circumstances where when your goal goes out the window, there, there are some times that, that that means that it's time to find something different. Okay? Uh, you know, if, if you're running a race and you turn your ankle and it swells up the size of a basketball, well, your goal just went out the window. You probably shouldn't walk the last 15 miles on that fractured ankle. So there are those times that exist in life. But if you can keep moving forward uh, and, and, it's, and it's healthy, you should keep moving forward, right? Because... That should be your standard, okay? I understand why you kept running. Well, yeah. And and, and I, I wanna I want people to understand something else. The key component to being successful is simply to keep moving forward, to keep showing up. No matter how many times you get knocked down, no matter how many times you miss the mark on your goal, no matter how many, uh, no matter when all that stuff goes out the window, you can still be successful eventually if you will just maintain a standard and keep showing up. 
Because everyone around, the reason you see everyone else around you falling off is because when it gets difficult, they stop. They think if they can't make the million dollars in their first five years of business, they realize they're not going to hit that goal. They stop. And that's why they never even, they, 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 then the opportunity goes completely out the window, right? There was all, there's always a, there's always a chance. As long as you are moving forward, there's always a chance that you're going to bounce back. I'm still trying to win. Yeah, there's always a, a fighting chance, man. I've been thinking about something the last couple of days. You know, people struggle a lot with with just the idea of just giving up. And I want to tell you something. <clears throat> I struggle a lot with the idea of just giving up. I have to tell myself verbally many days, you can't quit. I have to tell myself that verbally, right? No one's immune from this temptation to just give up. And I'm not talking about on a business or I'm talking about on life itself. Like there are people that walk around that have given up. And sometimes that leads to the ultimate, uh, the ultimate, uh, giving up, which would be suicide. Like sometimes that just leads to you just wandering through life with zero purpose and you just stop caring. You know what, man? I can sympathize with those people. I can have compassion for those people. I get it. I totally get it. No matter how good you got it, no matter how, th th this whole perspective thing of like, oh, well, you, we live in a first world country and, and you have a roof over your head and you have food and you, look, man, no matter, life is still hard, man. <laughs> it's hard. And it's constantly fluctuating from states of highs and, and, and deep lows and, and, and just numbness. And, and it's just that. I was watching Tombstone yesterday, the very end. And Doc Holliday comes up to, or, or no, Wyatt comes up. This is the perfect example of what I'm trying to tell you here about life. Wyatt comes to Doc. Doc is laying in the bed dying. And, uh. And Wyatt says, the only thing I ever wanted is just to live a normal life. And Doc looks up at him and he says, Wyatt, there is no normal life. There's just life. You get on with it. That's life for everybody. I don't care if you're in a first world country or you're in a third world country that's at war or in some crap hole. Life is life, man. And I want you to know if you are thinking that it doesn't matter anymore and that it's just time to give up because it's so freaking hard, I want to tell you something. That is a lie. That is a lie that's creeping into your head. I want to tell you with complete certainty and confidence that it is worth it to keep going. It is 100% worth it. And it is the only expectation that I have of you is that you just simply keep going. All right? So don't listen to that lie, man. It is worth it. There are people around you that are watching you, that are learning from you, that are depending on you. There are people in your future that you don't even know are going to come into your life that are going to watch you, learn from you, depend on you, grow because of what you are going through right now. In your own mind, in your own circumstance, you can't see all that. That's why you think it's not worth it. But I am one. Does anybody dispute me? Is it worth it? Does anybody want to dispute me on that? I, you say, Chad, how can you have so much certainty about this? Because I know this from experience. I know this. This has been my life of, of just keeping going. And every single time it's been worth it. 
in my marriage, it's been worth it. In three of seven project, it's been worth it. In my career in the SEAL teams, it was worth it. But still to this day, when look what we did today. We got to play basketball, sauna, cold plunge, milk cows, have great conversation with amazing people. But life is still hard. All right? No matter what your circumstances, don't beat yourself up for feeling that, man. And just know that I understand, and I think everybody here understands. Yeah. So I don't know. That's been on my heart, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that goes right along with what you were trying to get me to say. Why did you keep going? Yeah. 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 I mean, somehow you can't lose side of what you just laid out i mean that that's that's why people quit going is they lose sight of that and i don't know how to give i don't know how to give advice on how to not on how to not lose sight of that but somehow that's the key is to continue recognizing that it's worth it yeah i mean for me it's that other people are counting on me and depending on me. If it if yeah. there was a way that I really thought or it was true that it was just me and no one else really depended on me and that I was not a part of something bigger than myself, I, I probably wouldn't. You you continue. might you might find yourself in that position one day. Yeah. But you what you what you can't see is how that's going to change if you just keep going. Yeah. That's what you There's a lot of people listening to this right now that are saying that well that's me. Nobody depends on me. Nobody's but, looking to me. Yeah, but nobody cares about me. My wife's left me. My kids are gone. You might be 70 years old. And nobody freaking cares. You think nobody cares about you. Yeah. You don't understand though how that trajectory will change if you don't stop. 100%. And sometimes you don't know how long that's going to last. Sometimes it can last feels like an eternity. It reminds me of when we were doing the basic course this past weekend and hiking. And uh, it's dark, it's cold, it's wet, it's muddy, it's slippery. You know, we're hiking at night up a mountain, narrow path, can't see, but, you know, foot in front of you. (laughs) And the students don't know how much farther they're going, you know. And I, I've thought about that metaphor of like, man, life is like that so much, hmm. you know, like it's just nasty. It's hard. If you had the option to quit, they didn't have an option to quit. What are they going to do? But if you had the option to quit, probably would have, but you have to keep moving forward and you don't know how long it's going to last and you don't know what's on the other side, what's going to be at the top of the mountain when I get there. And so but I guarantee you, every one of those students that finished the basic course, the end, you know, they would have said it's well worth it, well worth the experience, well worth the suffering, well worth the mystery, the unknown, the struggle. And so I think that's a, a great metaphor for life that they experienced this weekend. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's the most real way to get there quick, mm-hmm. right? To, to get into that battle quick. Um, what was, this was Krista's first basic course. What was your, I, I just want to hear your, your perception of it and, and any stories you want to share. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's not basic. It's a basic <laughs> I mean, course I for think, exceptional people. I think if somebody heard basic course, they might think like, oh, I'll learn how to build a fire and we'll hang out around the campfire and have some, you know, chatting and learn a few things, pitch tent. Um, but it was, it was grueling. It was grueling. It was, it was rough. The weather was nasty. And, um, and there, there, we, you know, we covered lots of different skills, lots of, uh, different, um, survival aspects, um, in really, really hard conditions. And so, uh, I think I think one of the things I enjoyed the most was to see the students transform over such a short period of time. You Mm. know, you start that first day and people don't know each other, uh, don't really know what you're doing, aren't really well organized. Uh, 
get into it, you see people just starting to shut down, <laughs> just shut down, especially with the cold and the wet. And they've got to figure out how do I survive this? How do I survive this? Yeah. Because it's not easy. And how do I survive this with the people around me? And so, you know, it's just really, it was really great experience to see them figure it out, come together, you know, call upon themselves for more, call upon each other for more. And to see them start to engage, start to figure it out, start to work together, um, start to open up, start to see who they actually really are. You know, one of the conversations we had at one point was somebody talking about how they feel like they're kind of discovering their true selves. You don't really know what's in there. You don't know your true self until you get in adverse conditions like that, until you're suffering. Same thing in life, you know, maybe it's not a physical uh, experience like this, but a lot of people know that they discovered who their true selves were through other kinds of ad adversity and suffering, you know, whether it's a relational incident or, you know, something else in life. But you've got to have that bearing down on you to draw out what's really in there. And so to see that happen and then to see people just make connections. So just that transformation over such a short period of time is an amazing mm -hmm. thing to watch as an instructor. And, you know, I feel really proud of a lot of the students that attended to see them doing that work and, and arriving at that place. I, that's also my favorite part mm -hmm. of the basic course. Like mm -hmm. I know all the skills, like, I know how to I know how to backpack. I can be cold. I can be tired. I can be hungry. I can be all that. But there's I've never seen another place other than the proving grounds where you can bring a a group of strangers in and to see them do what Krista just described in such a short, we're talking two and a half short, days. Yeah, short period of time. We're talking two and a half days here, man. They got deeper relationships than people that've been together for thirty years. Yeah, right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's always interesting to me out there when when we show up wherever we're going, and they they think like, oh, surely there's there's no, I guess you could say programming, or that there's no kind of talking we're doing. Like we're getting up here and setting our stuff up and going to sleep, and sometimes keep going just means you have to sit in your chair awake. <laughs> you know, like out there, that's what it means. And, and maybe that's how, you know, where you get even here in, in life, um, just relating it back to the, to the other conversation. And we even saw that example on the last trip, you know, just sometimes you just got to sit there and keep your eyes open. You just got to be present. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, just got to be present. It. You want to go crawl in your tent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you just got to be present. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Huge opportunity to do that out there, man. I love it. I love it. It yeah, I I, I want to say something to all you guys that are listening. Um uh I, I think it, it's weird for you guys that listen to this because you've never spent time with us, right? And you you there is a perception, I think there people are guarded. When even if you love the podcast, you're like, is is Chad really who he who he says he is on the podcast? Right? Is he is he really that way? And it was funny. I had two students walk up to me this on this past class, Team Seventeen, and they were like, Chad, we didn't think you were going to be here. We just thought you were going to come and say hey at the beginning, maybe and. And, uh, and, and you weren't even going to be here. And they were like, you're actually who you say you are. You're like, you, you are like Chad, as we, as we have come to know you virtually. Mm -hmm. And, um, that impacted me. Like, I, I, I get that, I guess I get that. And they were like, man, we, we got a, we got a whole new respect for, who you are and and that you're actually real you know that felt good to me what didn't feel good to me about that conversation is the fact that they thought that what they were going to get from the basic course hinged on me 
I think they thought that because they, they, they said, we're, you know, if you wouldn't have been here, we, we would have been, we would have been upset. And what I want all of you guys listening to this to understand is, yeah, I'm real. Like I, I practice what I preach. I, 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 I do all this stuff. I'm not just making this crap up. But I want you to understand that something like the basic course is bigger than me. And if you're looking at me as the cornerstone of this thing that has been created, if you're looking at me as the hinge, you need to take me down a notch in your mind, okay? Because, yeah, I'm real, but also the people that I'm surrounded with and the people that I entrust as instructors out there, they're also just as real as I am. And I want to also remind you of something. The team out there, the team is what makes all the magic happen. It ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. It's the team and it's the mountain, right? I can just give little things here and there, but anybody can give those little things here and there if they know what's going on. So I want to remind you to never put Chad on a pedestal if you're doing that. Understand that I'm real, but in being real, that also means I'm not the cornerstone or the hinge of anything, right? Because I'm fallible. And so I just had to get that off my heart, man, for just for your perspective of who I am as a person. All right. Chili probably don't like that. Don't like what? I'm Chili's mentor, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Toodler. Yeah, well, yeah. speaking of people not having the right perception, good grief. People, they, they, all the time, when you hear somebody on a podcast. A lot of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't speak in absolutes. Thank you, Blake. Uh, if we hadn't have done that, we'd have been a heap of trouble. You're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, they and I don't even just I'm not I mean I guess I'm including this one obviously but the, all of them <laughs> most of them good job Julie. <laughs> uh, most of the podcasts out there probably all of them I'd say in this case if you're just listening to it and don't know the people you form your own perception of them in your mind and then you may meet them and they're totally different mm -hmm. so I know it was refreshing for those guys when they yeah when they're like oh it just caught me off guard because yeah. I am who I am, and, and I know that, but they don't know that. Yeah. So it just caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. But who won the race, Chili? I'm glad you asked because I, I wanted to say this. Um, Justin Sheely, he'll be his boy. Graham Grant. Um, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to say this too because he's, he's a fantastic runner man, and he's – I I I like him a lot. He's a he's an even better dude, and he he just needs some confidence, man. I mean, I'm not. Hey, he may be he may listen to this and go, "What the crap, dude? I'm confident. I'm confident." But I'm not saying he's not. I'm just like, man, he's. I don't think he quite knows how good he is. You know, that's just my perception. It may be off, but I'm like, man, you got to believe in it. That's just what I want to instill in him. And I, you know, hopefully, I got a chance to say. Um, portray this to him when I talk to him after but yeah I mean if he hears this that's what that's what I hope he he you know he's like man I, I'm freaking legit you know so yeah that's just what I wanted to say because I mean he another thing is weird man you're standing there on the start line and some of these people come up to you and you're like oh well you know that's who's about to win you know pointing at me it's like dude there's there's a lot of miles to run yeah I mean there's a lot of people standing here that also want to win. And like you acting like it's me, it's a foregone conclusion that it's me. I don't believe that. So why do you? Yeah. I, I mean, I've got 31 miles to run. I mean, that's my plan. But yeah, I, it's just a weird thing, you know, when people do that. And I don't know. It's Blake, another. Will you hand me a Bible, Blake? Another really strange thing that I'll say too is, is and I'm curious what y'all if y'all have dealt with this too, you know, Chad races ultras like me more than y'all too. But when you don't win and people come up and ask you, what's the first thing they ask you? What happened? 
Yeah. So same with y'all. Anything y'all are expected to do a certain level at, and then you didn't. But what people go, well, what happened? There's a no. There is no way to answer that in a good way. There's no good way. The only thing that didn't happen is it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, because here's the deal. You, no matter what you give as a response, you're either going to make an excuse, which is unsat, or you're going to downplay the people that beat you and be like, oh, well, you know, like, like if you say, if you sit there and talk about why you should have won and could have should have won and could have done this, could have done that. Well, that's like delegitimizing Graham and the 19 other people that beat me. Mm-hmm. That's like saying that, oh yeah, I had to, the only reason was because this took me out and I would have beat y'all otherwise. Yeah. That's what kind of response is that? Or you, you know, you go, oh, I just had such a terrible day or whatever. And you say that to someone who finished 30 minutes after you and just said a PR or something. Mm-hmm. So you're like a butthole to them. There's no good way to answer that. So pretty much what I just, my standard answer is, yeah, just what my day. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. You know, well, it's that's just, the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. That's a truthful answer. I mean, it's just a weird situation that you're in mm-hmm. with that. When, when people want to know why you didn't meet the expectations that they had for you, you know, and I'm not mad at anybody that asked that. That's, that's what you ask. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a strange situation you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, I don't find myself in that situation very often because I most of the time always win, but um, maybe I just don't have a lot of bad days. But well, uh, maybe nobody expects that out of you, <laughs> so they're not asking you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, they, they come up to him and go, what happened, man? How'd you pull this off? How'd you win? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the better position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Good grief, dude. You put, what got into you? How'd you fill that milk cup up so fast? <laughs> why, do you, why do y'all think I wear all these goofy clothes and hats and crap to races? Because that's what I want people to think about me. Yeah. It's hard for me to hide anymore, but you know that ultimately that puts you in a position of power if people are looking at you saying, what the heck is this joker wearing out here? You know yeah. what I mean? Underestimation's a good yeah, strategy. It really is. I remember on it may have been the first uh race you did and that guy was making fun of your vest. You remember oh, yeah. that water vest you had? Yeah. 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 What'd you I, have? I love when people make fun of my clothes and it vests. Was, and, it's like a vest you would wear like um I It was it like was, a fly it was like for fly fishing or something. Ain't nobody make fun of me. Yeah. You ended up passing that. I remember you. I can't remember what you said to him. wasn't anything nice, but. <laughs> well, you know, I think it would. Um, I think it would be remiss of us to uh, not at least finish up the conversation with uh, with uh, addressing what we could share with people, uh, maybe to. For for whatever reason, was do you have anything to share in light of the conflict that's going on in the world, or, or specifically with Ukraine? Do you have any? Is there any? Has that impacted you? Ha, have you felt some? Oh, this is this ain't good. I'm uh, because I think a lot of people are are. I think a lot of people are struggling with that. I think a lot of people are scared, are fearful because of that. Like what? The, the 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 implications of it, right? I think that's something currently that people may have to be processing in their own mind. Um, you know, I made a post just in response to that on the day of when that the the first day that that was that 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 the conflict started, and I'm sitting here. I I, I struggle with how to respond to this conflict in Ukraine. Uh, in the proper manner, because it's serious. People's lives are are, are at stake here, and uh, war is not something to be taken lightly. And most of what I was seeing on social media was fear mongering. If you don't, un- I want you guys to know, most people on social media that have a a big voice, not not all. But quite a few, quite a few that I personally see posting. It's so obvious to me that they are looking for opportunity to capitalize 
on making you fearful of a situation, right? They're, they're capitalizing on it in terms of engagement with whatever it is they're posting, all right? So they're, if they can put out a message that's going to make you angry or going to make you afraid, they're depending on you probably. You're, that's an emotional experience, and they're depending on you sharing that with other people, right? Which drives up their, their following, their engagement, which in turn transfers to selling you a T-shirt or something like that. I, do you guys see this happening? Well, fear or pride, right? That's well, what the media does. It's fear sells. Yeah, so, well, social media, yeah, yeah a form, so, form so, of media. So the mainstream media, you know, fear sells, and they know that. So that's that's what they feed to you, and then in turn makes you fearful or makes you realize that other people are, are, other people are fearful, and then you can get on your social media platform and broadcast that same fear to everybody else and then sell them what you want to sell yeah i mean it's just the natural man i was i was looking through that through social media that day and and that's all i could find i mean even from um even from our people high level leaders and and congressmen (laughs) I, i mean that people would think that i might would respect i mean i won't call out any names here but I'm looking at what these people are feeding out, and I'm like, this is fear-mongering is all this is. And I was like, this this isn't helping anyone. Like, how do I respond to this? And so the only way that I can can respond and be confident in my response, and, and especially in a matter that involves life and death, such as war, the only way I can be confident in my in my response is to go to Scripture. That's it, man. And where I landed on in Scripture, there are so many places that you can go to in Scripture that will help you process what's happening uh, currently in the world. It's all throughout. Uh, Where I landed on was Matthew 24, and I literally, the whole post was just... um, basically me reading Scripture and the, the engagement that was there. People were so looking for something that wasn't there just to make them fearful. I mean, they they wanted that, even if they didn't know they wanted it. And the engagement there and how many people that said that Scripture helped them. Like, people that don't care anything about Jesus or the Bible, the words of the the words of scripture helped them in that moment and i am so just sold out absolutely to the very core confident that the words of the bible are faithful and true like, I believe that with every fiber of my being. And I just got to see it play out in that post. I got to say, I'm going to read this this out that I know is true. And I got to see how, how it impacted people. I think that as things progressively get worse and whatever's coming as things get more difficult as things get more scary the truth is going to get so much brighter Mm -hmm. the fact that you have something that you can that you are sure is faithful and true the words the 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 thoughts the the descriptions that are in scripture it's going to get so much brighter y'all get ready for it if you're a christian you need to get into your Bible, and you need to start studying it, and you need to know it. I'm not saying you need to know it verbatim, but when things are happening around you, you need to know the Bible well enough that you at least know where to go in, in Scripture, what book to go to that is, is talking and speaking directly into this scenario. You need to know the Bible that well. You need to know it that well because... I, I am very confident also that in the future, that's going to be a very, very valuable thing for you to share with other people, more so than it is in good times. <laughs> and so all I did was read Matthew 24, and the, the part that I read is um, 
is Jesus is talking, and I think I started in verse 6 because I try to keep these videos down to one minute. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but but the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of the sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But here's your hope. But he that shall endure until the end shall be saved. Wow, that goes back to the conversation we were having earlier in the podcast. But he that shall endure until the end shall be saved. Now, this is a Jewish man thousands of years ago that's that's speaking this, and it's being written down. And it's a beautiful description of the, the human existence, right? There's just humanity in general, these wars and rumors of wars and and but there are so many parts of this portion of scripture that are just resonate with me so deeply in terms of what's happening around us and somebody uh, uh, quite a few people actually commented and said well w- w- is this the message that you would give to the people of Ukraine w- i mean how 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 are you going to come to them with this they're they're the ones getting getting killed and 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 their lives are in jeopardy and they're having to put their kids on buses to to get out of there and so they don't die and would no this is what i would tell them i i would share this exact same thing with them yeah why would that seem weird? to encourage them like why would that seem weird i i think it seemed weird to people because what are you supposed to go tell them was, hey ukrainian people you, your lives suck right now it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Y'all I, hopeless. I, I think it was weird for, for somebody to think that, would you share a message of hope with someone who had no hope? <laughs> well, if, if I was hopeless, I would hope somebody was sharing with me a message of hope, right? And so that, that this is applicable to, yes, us that that here in the United States that are far removed from the actual conflict, it's just as applicable for the person who is in the conflict. Not only the part that says, and they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. If you're a Christian in Ukraine, what for what? Look, man, if you're a Christian anywhere on earth, the the cost of of discipleship to Christ could vary well, cost you your life. It's simple as that. Did anybody it's as who, simple as that. Did anybody who thought that wasn't a good message for the people of Ukraine offer an alternative? Exactly. And that's why the truth shines so bright because when it's really, really dark out, when, it's real, when times are really dark, there is no alternative. There is no alternative other than to share the truth and the light of Scripture about whatever is happening in that darkness. And that's all I knew. That's what I put out on that day, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you think how much more so the light sticks out in the darkness, but really all the time it's like you think of dusk or or dawn and there's just a little bit of light it's it's either light or it's dark and i've thought a lot for whatever reason just about like the relationship of light and dark and how something has to be done to take the light away in order to let darkness come in you know like darkness never takes over light it the light has to go away in order for it to to show but then you think about when is the light brightest like when you wake up in the morning the light in your room will never hurt your eyes unless you just woke up and you've had your eyes closed all night. And then it's going to hit you between the eyes because it stands out so much. And I think this is the same way when you live in dark times for a while and the light comes in. It's going to just reiterating what you're saying. It's just going to stand out to such a degree. And that's a that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there was there was nothing else being put out that I saw that that offered any yeah any truth or or any encouragement. How do you find encouragement in a situation like that? Well, like, you know, another reason why what you put out was, in my opinion, more valuable than what other people were 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 putting out, at least in mass, was the fact that you didn't try to tell people, you didn't try to shape the situation for them in their mind. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people believe certain things about this conflict. I'm not getting into it here. We'd have to, we're probably wrapping this up. We ain't talk, I'd need three hours for this, but it's amazing what people tend to, I mean, you know, including me and everybody just think with no, there's no good reason to think it. You know, you just, someone says something to you about what's going on and you, that's what you run with. Like, how do you verify any of that? You know, I would just be cautious to what, you know, getting wrapped up in how you feel about something that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. That's just never a good idea. And it goes back to letting your emotions, you know, make decisions for you and everything. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I see that happening a lot. And by the way, that's what the people who are putting out a fear mongering message are trying to make you do. So then you'll make a irrational response where you buy their, mm-hmm. you know, their storage locker let's go, let's bunker go or whatever. I let's mean, go Brandon t-shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> whatever they're trying to sell you, but I mean, that's just another point on that is that uh, there's a lot of people trying to shape narratives for you to believe in your mind, and that's never a good idea. Think yeah. for yourself. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and I think the other the other part of this is again we here in the united states obviously we're removed this conflict is being fought overseas but a lot of the fear that's being propagated into the minds of americans is um is well what are they what are the implications here in america going to be of this conflict right in terms of uh in terms of um, economy and and fuel and and all these different things, right? What well, you you really want to know what Scripture says? You really want to know what the truth of life is? The truth of life is therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's the truth. And we talked about earlier, what does it look like for, for you to, to just keep going, right? What is it, how are you going to look different if, if you're one of those people that, are, that has decided, I cannot quit, I'm just going, I'm going to keep going in spite of what is happening. Uh, and what does that look like? It looks like you getting up every day. And doing the best that you can do that day. That's what that looks like. That's the difference between the person who just just keeps going but has given up, but they're still alive. They haven't existing. They haven't killed themselves. Yeah. That's the difference between the person that's keeping going and they're still alive and the person that's keeping going and actually is going to have success and fulfillment at some point in the mission. Focusing on the day, doing the best that you can do that day, and that's that's the truth. That's how you have to live life, man. If you don't, you're gonna walk around scared and mad and upset all the time, all the time, because who knows what is coming. And right? the the other part of that is, you know, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish, and so I, I think having a vision of not I guess you are working toward it, but you're taking life day by day, but you have to have some kind of vision in the end to look forward to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess that, I guess you do, Blake. I mean, I just get up every day and say, <laughs> it's because uh, you have people tell you what to do every day. Do, do the best <laughs> I can today. <laughs> I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Uh, you have a vision in the end. Oh, yeah, I guess so. You're getting too crazy now. You got anything you want to share, Krista? 
No, no, not right now. <laughs> All right. I won the sticker club, by the way. No. Did too. He, he he paid some guy to, no. re, to send his stickers back so we could refund him, and he restocked the shelves and sold oh, his out. No, 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 no. That's a lie. The race to me was who bought the most of one sticker. That and that was me. Yep. Well, what? I'm confused. You're confused because he's it's he's been formulating this in his mind for three weeks now and he somehow molded it into something that makes sense to him i won of how he won the largest sticker club purchase was of me dude you can't even milk a cow faster than me yes i could you cheated in that too it's It's on video that was an abomination that they called you the winner it's on video an abomination it's really a it's a travesty. I mean, I had it won already. I was sitting there just, I didn't want to pull away because then I would, you know, be losing time. But I was like, I, it's already at the top. Why would he, you he be got- losing time if you were already, your thing was full? Yeah, I was afraid they'd, they'd, they'd say I w- hadn't already got it full. Chili, he got you with the foam. No, he did. Well, yeah, he I also did. That's how he got you. I did. I got him with the phone. I also sure. cheated with that. But that's a method, a mil- that's a milking method that I developed years ago of how to do how to milk and actually produce the foam because that's you know that's the good part no it's not the good part i didn't want foam i could drink mine immediately you had to wait five minutes because you know so much foam it's like a dang whatever dude rookie well we covered a lot of ground in this conversation i hope you guys got something out of it uh if you did i would ask that you please share the podcast with somebody that means a lot to us and it's actually the only way that the show grows because we don't do a lot of advertising for the three of seven podcast or really anything else we do (laughs) we're about the most poorest marketers on earth (laughs) so if uh if you guys do enjoy the show leave us a review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and uh share the show with somebody that you think it might help Uh, i know You've got somebody in your life that something we said could uh, hopefully help them out in some way, shape, or form. And even if you share the episode with them and you just tell them, hey, start the start the podcast at this time mm-hmm. and listen from here to here, that's fine with me. But the only reason we do the 3 of 7 podcast is to help you guys uh, through whatever it is you're going through by using the things that we're going through uh, in our lives uh, as, as stories and examples in – that's just the way it works. So we ask that you would return the favor by helping the show grow and getting it out to as many people as we possibly can. We have any other things, Blake? I think next time we just need to talk about how the women's team beat you and Blake in basketball. Good point. I, no- I noticed that that you losing did not come up today. Good there, point. There, it never does. There's all right. There was so much Whatever. that we could have talked about. Yeah, there was. But but somehow that that got left out. Well, that's <laughs> typical. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm 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 I, used to it. My jaw is exhausted right now. Here's the deal: if y'all think that every time he announces that he's won, that that means that you know that's when we had another competition. No, we have competitions every week, and when you don't hear about them. That's because he lost. My team. By the way. Oh, okay. My team won the the first, the actual only legitimate game that we yeah. played, which was the first game. Yeah, that other All one right. was only the, till eleven. Yeah, the, cheated in the that other game. game. The other game we played was just a, a a little a little. Hey, we got some extra time to kill. Let's you know, let's pick up another game real Boy, quick. Boy, if y'all want to know what Chad's bad at, good gosh, it's basketball. No, dude, I scored some points. <laughs> Well, I scored some points. You, you I, I mean, I Brooke yeah. is the most violent <laughs> basketball player I've ever seen in my life, man. Well, especially it really ratcheted up after you ticked her off. Yeah. yeah. Well, it didn't take long for that. <laughs> no, she literally was balled her fist up and was throwing just haymakers punches into my body. Yeah. Grabbed my private parts one time. <laughs> To try to disable me. Pulled your hair. Pulled my hair. My I've lost half my beard in this game. I turned my ankle twice. 
Brett rolled his ankle so bad he can barely walk. Krista's knees are bloody. No telling what other injuries she sustained. Um, <laughs> basketball is rough, yeah. son. Well, especially when you don't call fouls. Yeah, it's rough when you don't <laughs> play by any rules. When you don't play by rules, and it's kind of half basketball and half martial martial arts. That mess was rough. We <laughs> That's a new sport. If we decided to play basketball every week, we'd have to quit everything else we did because we would be so broken yeah. that we would just be useless. That's a rough sport, man. And somebody suggested playing soccer? No. If we go play soccer, somebody's leaving there with a broken leg. Soccer's way too dangerous. We'll just play football. Yeah, well, I could handle that. I'm telling you, I think soccer's dangerous. Basketball show enough dangerous. Next thing we're playing is water polo. I'm gonna take y'all to the deep, son. I'm on deep six, y'all. We have a we have a place for that. I can figure it out. All right. All right, guys. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Enough said.